David Sparks and Jason Snell spent their careers working for the establishment. Then one day, they'd had enough. Now, they are independent workers, learning what it takes to succeed in the 21st century. They are free agents. Welcome back to Free Agents, a podcast about being an independent worker in a digital age. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by my fellow host, Mr. David Sparks. Hi, David. Hi, Jason. It's good to be back. Uh, we have a yeah. we have a guest. This is one of our guest episodes. How about that? It is. Yay, guests. <laughs> oh, there's the voice of the guest now. <laughs> We've had a lot of requests uh, for a show on, on accounting and taxes, and we are not accountants, and we are not tax experts, so we decided to talk to somebody who is a free agent himself, no less, and an accountant. It is Andrew Carroll. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hi, thank you, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Andrew, we've talked about in the show, you know, the the triumvirate of support you need when you're a free agent. I feel like it's a, you need a good lawyer, you need a good accountant, and you need a good insurance guy or gal. And um and so uh, it's I'm so happy that you were able to come on. We're heading towards April fifteenth. And uh, we're going to talk about on this show some things that free agents can be doing to make sure that they get ready for taxes appropriately. And also, I want you to give some advice on hiring a CPA uh, as a free agent. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about your uh, free agent story. I can go all the way back. I started at a, working for a CPA firm when I was in college at Cal State Fulton. Um, ended up working there for all four years of college, got my accounting degree, um, and kind of went into that whole uh, accounting. And I was also a, a financial planner by training as well, so CPA financial planner. Um, so we did did that for a lot of years, um, ran a CPA firm in North Orange County, um, and then opted to leave the firm in April of this last year. Um, so coming up on almost a year now. I can't believe it's been a year. It feels like I... It's like it was just yesterday still, but um, yeah, I decided to go uh, free agent um, mostly because it, you know, I felt the the business model and how this industry works needs to change a little bit and uh, and it was changing. And so I was trying to uh, skate where the puck was headed, not where it was right now. Um, and plus I, I'm as <laughs> I kind of stole this from you, David, I, I'm, I'm mostly unemployable at this point too. I pretty much do whatever I want. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Um, so that work, it works better when I'm my own boss. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? It's kind of nice. So so you, you've been at it a year. How's it going? Uh, good. So the first iteration of stuff I started is, um, CFO Andrew. Um, I have, I actually have a bunch of businesses, but CFO Andrew is the one that's probably the most applicable for this group. Um, and I'm basically a personal CFO and, um, which includes accounting, taxes, financial planning, everything, um, for freelance knowledge workers. Um, I've got a roster of about 120 clients and basically every single one of them is a freelancer or a free agent, I, I guess is the, thank is you. The it's branding. Always with branding. Yeah. <laughs> this is the correct number. They're all, they're all free agents. Um, that's basically what I do is I help free agents with their, uh, with their money stuff. Um, and you know, like I said, I launched the business, uh, in April and I, wanted 120 people on my roster and that's how many I've got now. So, um, I guess we call that a win. All right. Good for you. And the, um, now that you've been doing it a while, are, what are your thoughts about, are you going to continue at this 120? Are you going to look at growth or, I mean, what, if you, I don't know, maybe this is an, an inappropriate question for a podcast, but no, I don't know. Um, I, I will stay at 120, uh, I will probably pick up a few tax-only folks. The nice thing about being a free agent is that there are a lot of businesses that are that are what we call lifestyle businesses, 
no one ever got rich preparing tax returns. No one ever got rich um, doing this kind of work. But that doesn't mean that nobody, you know, that, that doesn't mean you can't make a really good living at doing at it, uh, doing it. And I think that once you go to a certain point, especially in a knowledge based, um, especially in a relationship based business like mine, because mine is all about. I've got to know what these people are doing. I got to know about their lives. I got to know what's going on with them to be able to give them good advice. Um, and I don't care how many assistants you hire, you can't scale relationships beyond a certain point. I can only care about so many people at once. Um, and so I think that, um, I think that's the fundamental flaw you've got, that, which is why I built my business, which is why I left uh, the industry and no longer worked the way most industry people work, which is um, scaling up and getting more people underneath you. It's because the only real valuable piece of that uh, puzzle is the relationship. Everything else is easy. Um, most CPAs will get mad at me when I say this, but preparing tax returns isn't hard. If you if you know your numbers, you're just filling out forms. There's, there's not a lot of value add there, and building a building a business around a value add that is putting numbers in boxes is not a very good long term uh, business. It's the relationship, um, and so you can you can't scale it that much. So I work on lots of other businesses, but not, not this one. I had an attorney friend say, Hey, you know, I could do some of your contract stuff for you. I'm like, well, that would defeat the purpose because the people who hire me expect me to do it. So hmm. I, I don't think it works. And and I, I agree with you. It is almost a lifestyle choice, um, but it, you can still make a good living at it. And I, I'm glad to hear things that went well for you. When you first left, I had no doubt that, um, <laughs> that you would be super successful. I'm so happy to hear that you are. Um, but, uh, Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about kind of the nuts and bolts of this stuff. And um, we've got a lot of folks listening to the show that are, are new to free agents or thinking about going out on their own. And that's a whole new ball game for you yeah. in terms of doing your taxes, especially if you're used to getting, you know, a salary and just you fill in the one or two lines on your tax form every year. It's a whole different thing. What are the kinds of things people can do as free agents to kind of help themselves get ready for this? Well, the, the best thing to do is to understand the framework. If you understand the framework, it's, it's not that complicated. It's not that different, but, but there is some definitely some unique stuff. Um, and if you understand that framework, um, it, it, you understand how to make decisions and, and things inside of that. Um, when I say framework, what I mean is, you know, it's a W2 employee. You work, they take taxes out, they give you what's left and you stick that on a return and maybe you get a few more deductions for some charity and, you know, for your kids and your house and, and, and it's real simple. It's, it, it's done. There's nothing else there. When you're a free agent, you flip this switch because now we no longer look at you as an employee. You, we now look at you as a business. Um, that's a really important flip um, to switch in your head because all of a sudden you've got a whole new way of operating. And that way of operating is that all the money you bring in is your income. And then we take expenses against it. And then you arrive at a profit number. And the profit number is what you pay tax on. Um, and, and understanding that different flow um, helps you understand how to set these things up and everything else, all the strategies we use are built around understanding that different kind of flow. Um, it also helps to know that there's multiple kinds of taxes. Um, income tax is a big one, obviously. Uh, but if you've got a W-2 job, you've, all, you've seen that uh, Social Security Medicare box, we you know, refer to it as FICA taxes. Um, self-employed folks can be subject to self-employment tax, which basically means because you're self-employed, you get to pay both halves, which is about 15% um, on that FICA tax in addition to the income tax. Um, so then the game becomes, how do we get our profit as low as possible to lower the income tax rate? And what strategies can we use to 
reduce the self-employment tax. But um, it is a little bit more complicated. It's not super complicated, but it, it's a different way of thinking about it and different way of looking at it. You got to understand. Does that, does that help? Does that answer the question? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it really is. I, I think, though, I like kind of you're talking about a process because I think that's a, a really important thing. Uh, as as a free agent, in my experience, taxes aren't something that you worry about starting in early February. Um, it should be something that's on your mind as you're going through the whole year. Absolutely. Um, and it, what what kind of systems can free agents put in place to kind of help make it easier when they get to that point where they need to deal with the accountant and get the taxes rolling? You, you've got to have books of some sort. I mean, there's, there's no other way around it because no one is taking – you know, W-2 jobs are a little bit, I don't know if paternalistic is the right word, but it's a little paternalistic in that they're taking care of all of it for you, right? So it's really cool to be a free agent, but, you know, the joke I always say is, you know, you know that useless boss you had that did nothing but just walk around and manage things, that middle manager? Well, they're probably mostly useless, but they are doing some things that are valuable because there's infrastructure that a business has, like tracking, like taking taxes out, withholding them, sending them out, and all that kind of stuff that is being done. And if you're going to be a free agent... You got to do that stuff yourself. Um, and so you can just not pay taxes all year round and then just pay one big lump sum at year end. Um, that can be pretty painful. Uh, it can catch you off guard. And it's usually not, not be considered best practices. Um, but like you said, as you go throughout the year, if you're recording your income and expenses, you can figure out roughly what you think the tax bill is on that. And you can start, you got to start withholding that stuff ahead of time. You got to start taking money out and setting aside knowing you've got a tax bill coming. The worst thing you can do as a freelancer is forget that fact. You'll get all the money that comes in. You spend it all, and then April shows up, and you owe fourteen thousand dollars, and you've got four thousand in the bank, and that's that's the beginning of a that's the beginning of a very long cycle of being behind the eight ball. Yeah, I know a lot of uh, freelance writers I've known over the years, and that's one of the things that has always struck me is you can't the cash in hand uh, when somebody writes you a check is very different from the cash in hand when you get your paycheck because the paycheck's got taxes deducted, and as a freelancer, yeah. that check you get does not, and so you have to save it away. And then um, the other thing that always struck me in talking to freelancers before I did this was estimated taxes, the idea that you can get a big tax bill at the end of the year, but at that point, the government looks at you and says, say, you should have been paying taxes all along. This is too much. From now on, you're going to pay us every quarter. And then you, you know, you're basically forced into an installment plan because the government doesn't want to wait a year. Yeah. And the way they enforce that is by charging you a penalty if you underpay your taxes, uh, if you don't pay estimates. Um, and it is, there's actually a lot of people that opt to do that. Uh, hmm. In some cases, the having the cash around is the underpayment penalty is not super onerous. Um, so I have a lot of folks that, um, particularly in capital intensive businesses, um, where their cost of capital is higher than what the IRS charges, they'll opt to pay the penalty because it's cheaper than having to go borrow money to fund their business throughout the year. Um, I'm thinking about a, like a re- I had like a real estate development client that was the same thing. He said, well, if I dump all my money into developing this property, I'm going to get a 25% return. Well, yeah, okay. And the the IRS is going to charge you a 4% penalty for not paying your taxes. Great. I'm still 21% to the good. Um, so yes, you, you don't actually have to pay estimated taxes. Just if you don't, they're probably going to ding you on um, for, for underpayment penalty for not paying the estimates. You still got to pay the taxes right? you know, one way or another, but um, that, that's how they So they're basically that. charging you interest. They, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing is they're charging. If you don't pay it, they're like, listen, you had the money. You knew you were going to owe taxes. If, if you don't pay it, you're going to charge you interest because now just like, mm. you know, just like when you don't want to have over, too much withheld because you're giving the interest, the government an interest-free loan, they don't want to give you an interest-free loan either. I, I don't advise not paying your estimates. I think everybody should be paying their estimates, especially in 
the free agent knowledge worker world, just pay estimates. You know you're going to owe it. You, your cap, unless you're doing something very unique like real estate development, you probably don't have a very high cost of capital and need to be worrying about that. Yeah, I, I pay estimates because I just don't want that big bill at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it makes me feel like I'm kind of more on top of things. But but actually listening to you making these decisions and dealing with the percentages and what the penalty is, I mean, I'm learning things just listening to you. <laughs> and, um, and I'll tell you that um, – the thing that I'm taking away from this is I still come back to my fundamental belief as you're getting, if you're serious about doing this and going to try and make a living out of this, you need to get an accountant. I mean, uh, Andrew's telling me stuff I don't know. And I'm thinking it's like going to the dentist and him saying, well, you, you should definitely get a root canal. And you say, that's okay. I'll just do that myself. <laughs> you <know>? it's, <laughs> you're asking for trouble. So, but, but, so I like though the idea. Um, uh, one of the things I'm doing now is I've decided, I just told my CPA, look, What's it going to cost a month to just have you look at everything as it comes in and just kind of manage this stuff on a monthly basis so I don't get to the end of the year and have this massive thing on my over my head? And, you know, in my case, because my, you know, I don't have that much to deal with. It's it's about 300 bucks a month for me to have an accountant just deal with that stuff for me. Uh I think it's totally worth it. And uh, I think so one thing you can do is look at getting a relationship with an accountant, figuring out a way to, to kind of offload this stuff. But assuming that somebody doesn't want to offload it, uh, what kind of records should they be keeping as they go through the year so when they get to taxes, they don't have a problem? Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting you say that because what kind, of, what kind of records is actually the most important point? Because if you, ha- if you have good records, getting an accountant or bookkeeper – or anyone to help look at it and make sure it looks okay becomes very, very easy. But what you discover is that – so getting those records is, a, is the first piece. If you want an accountant, great, but I can't do anything if you don't have anything to show me, right? I can't just you know pull numbers out of, out of, out of thin air. So um, nowadays, I, I recommend almost exclusively you – know, you have to have a separate bank account for your business, period, end of story. Um, and there's too many great – accounting softwares out there for everyone to not have their own books. Go get FreshBooks, go get Zero. go get QBO, go get anything like that. Um, plug in the online login to your bank account, take one credit card. It doesn't need to be a business, I'm doing air quotes, which you can't see because it's radio, um, but you can't, it doesn't need to be a business credit card. You've got more than, most of us have more than one credit card. Pick one and go, oh, this is now my business credit card. Everything you want to put all your expenses on that, pay the bill of the business bank account, plug both those logins into one of those online softwares. And in 30 minutes a week, um, you'll have books. It'll download it. You record them and you have the ability to get decisions made. If you get that piece done, everything else is easy. You can hire accountants to look at the numbers with you, make sure you're doing it right. You can make sure your estimates are paid because you've got a P&L you can look at to figure out what the taxable income is going to be, uh, all that kind of stuff like that. And it's it's so many people don't do that, um, and it only ever causes massive problems when you don't. Yeah, we that's actually uh, very much what we do because um, I've been out on my own for a couple of years now, and uh, my wife is basically the the CFO of my company. And so we have a, we have a, a business account and a, we do have a business credit card and she is using, uh, you know, accounting software to 
do the bookkeeping and track the numbers. And then we have a, you know, basically a, a, an accountant who we talk to at tax time, but we've collected all the data. And, and that has other benefits too, in the sense that we also have a very clear sense of how the business is doing. And this isn't just yeah. about paperwork. It's about understanding where the money's coming from and where it's going. And if you, if you don't do that, um, I, I think it's really dangerous for anybody who's out on their own because then you don't have an idea of what might be coming if you're having problems or if you're misprioritizing because the money, you know, you think the money is coming from over there, but it's actually mostly coming from over here. And, and, and so it also gives you a vision into your business. It's not just about keeping records so that you can file your taxes. That's exactly right. It's it's about information. Um and you can hire all the accountants in the world, but with bad information, you're going to get you're going to make bad decisions. Even the best accountants are going to make bad decisions with bad information. Um, and you, and and this is to your point. You you people underestimate the additional responsibility that comes with being a business owner, right? If as a free agent, you are effectively a business owner, which means all those decisions fall to you. And not making a decision is a decision, right? Not not yeah. <laughs> not being involved, not not paying attention, it. Is, that is a strategy. It's a bad strategy, but that is still the strategy. You know, if that's your default position, you're, you're, you still are making, uh, you know, choices about how your business runs. You're just le- leaving it entirely up to chance. And that's, that's usually not the key to a long, successful business. Yeah, that's how you end up back working for the man. Yeah, that's exactly how you do that. Even 10 years ago, this was so much more of a pain in the butt than it is now. Nowadays, I tell people all the time, there's no excuse anymore. Like, th- there's just no excuse anymore. It, it is too easy to, for this stuff to work like that. I mean, if you can't do that very basic stuff, then you don't belong. Be, and you do not belong as a free agent. You need to go back and and work for the man. So, give give us some some basic advice. If someone's listening to this and saying, you know, oh my goodness, I'm not doing any of this stuff. I need to get on on the road here. Um, do you have any particular recommendations for like software or cloud based packages? People could use or or get started there's the big trifecta which is uh qbo zero and freshbooks those are the big ones and, and qbo is quickbooks online correct correct okay. yeah, qbo is quickbooks online um the bigger thing where most people are in even bigger trouble is those things do not work at all unless you have a separate business bank account so the number the first thing we always tell people is you've got to separate the activity. That's the first step. You've got to get your business activity overrunning through one account. That's the number one way to get yourself screwed in audit, right? Because what happens is you've got a business bank account. You point to it to the IRS agent and go, okay, all that stuff in there is income and all the stuff going out of there is expenses. And they have to go in and find examples of things that are not and make you say, okay, I think this is not, I think this is not. If you have that all on your personal account, you point to that and go, oh, well, some of that is business and some of that's personal. They go, okay, it's all personal. Prove every single line in here is, an, is a valid deduction. That burden of, Flipping that burden of proof means you're basically screwed because you'll never be able to prove all that stuff, right? So um, once you've separated that activity out and you've gotten that habit, and it is a pain in the butt, but that, that's the first thing you've got to do is – this is something that needs to be a business expense. I'm putting it on the business card or I'm depositing this in the business bank account. If you build that habit, everything else is robots. Plug it into QBO, plug it into FreshBooks. It'll download the activity. It'll, and even something like QBO has got a learning algorithm. After you've done it for a month, it recognizes 85% of the transactions and you can click, you can record them all in one click. It's not complicated. It's that habit. It's that decision point of I'm pulling out my debit card to pay for my lunch and I have to think, what should, which card should I be using to do this? Once you've got that done, 
the rest is really, really easy. Which if you're working for a business, you should have already done this, right? If you've ever had a business sure. with an expense report or anything like that, you should already have. It's not that alien, right? If you if you have right. been doing that. I was just like, I, I order office supplies from Amazon. Like I need paper because I'm, I'm a lawyer. I print things, right? And just see, last week I ordered paper and I have my company card as well as my personal card in Amazon. And I just blew it and used my personal card. And as soon as I saw the receipt come in, I'm like, damn, now that's just like complicated. If anybody ever looks at this and I want to say, no, I bought this for my work, but I didn't buy it on the company card. You know, I do an expense report myself. Um, and that covers things like mileage as well. And I get, I fill out a reimbursement form and all of that. And it's, it's not ideal, but I do it, but it's still, you know, you're tracking it one way or another. It's, it's, you need to isolate your business expenses one way or another. That expense report concept is a really good way to do that. It's a really good way to pick that stuff up. Um, and then have you, um, have the company cut you one expense reimbursement check that it then expenses as as an office expense or meals entertainment or whatever right. you know whatever the makeup of that check is. Yeah, which is uh, you know it, it has worked because you're going to make mistakes and things like driving is a good example where you know mileage is reimbursable um, for personal vehicles and uh, I always did that at my old job too and it's like well when I drive my car to Apple or something like that that's business that's work that's not. Mike, you know, that's not a personal expense and, and that is covered too. I wanted to ask you about payroll. Something that we did is, uh, not immediately, but not, not too long after we started was we actually switched to payroll, um, for, we set up payroll for my business and, and my wife and I are paid by the business via payroll. And that, that had advantages for us. And I, I think we're pretty happy with it, but, but what, what do you think? What would be the, the advice you would give people if they're thinking about, uh, something like, uh, going through a payroll service and being, you know, being paid as if you are paying, you know, essentially you're paying yourself. You're the man paying yourself. Right. Absolutely. Um, so payroll is, um, Payroll comes in in a lot of different ways. Payroll is a, is a tool we deploy tactically, I guess is the way we'd say that, right? Um, so if you have a side gig, um, if, you, if you're working full-time someplace else and you're working on some stuff on the side, you probably don't need to set up payroll and things like that. If you are 100% a free agent, um, and this goes, I, I don't know if you want to go through the whole S-Corp self-employment tax game, payroll is used in two main ways. It's used to provide reasonable compensation for your S-Corp to keep the S-Corp self-employment tax savings intact, um, and secondarily, most of the um, non-taxable fringe benefits that we use for corporations are built around an employer-employee relationship, um, and you have to have a W-2 to be considered an employee, right? So um, if you want to have um, like a health reimbursement plan for your company, you want to set up a 401k for yourself so right. you can save money in a tax-deferred manner, um, you know, other things like that, that, all that stuff is built around – you got to have a W-2 to do that. Um, I would cons- I consider that to be like a phase two type thing, right? Like the first step is – you owe everybody without exception needs to separate their business activity out from their, from their personal activity and run that stuff that way. And then once you've gotten to a certain volume, then we go layer in the payroll and a little slightly more sophisticated tools like payroll to help save some more money on taxes and run some other strategies. Yeah. And that, I think that's exactly why we deployed it tactically, as you said, for similar reasons in order to get, uh, tax, uh, you know, get the, uh, get the 401k going get a healthcare reimbursement plan going and uh and in the end we have a, a a somewhat low salary and then there's a bonus at the end of the year so that you we can try to zero out the business so that it it doesn't show much of a profit payroll can be tough i would definitely be suggesting that people talk with 
an accountant about payroll because how much payroll you use and in what capacity changes dramatically, whether you're using an LLC tax as a partnership, whether you're using an S-corp, whether you're using a C-corp. Um, like I said, it, we deploy it tactically, which means you, you kind of need to know how that bomb's going to go off before you start flinging it around <laughs> the battlefields. Talk right? to your accountant. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because how you how much you need to use for payroll and how your payroll set up is completely different from for your S corp than it is for your C corp. This episode of the Free Agents is brought to you by FreshBooks, where you get online invoicing made easy. Go to freshbooks.com/freeagents to get a free 30-day trial. During the show today, Andrew recommended using FreshBooks. He didn't know that FreshBooks was a sponsor of today's show, and that was editorial content, not advertising. But it certainly doesn't surprise me that he recommended it. FreshBooks can become a key ally in your battle to remain a free agent. Keeping track of finances and billing is hard, and FreshBooks makes tools that makes the challenge easier for us. And the good news is that FreshBooks has been redesigned from the ground up and is custom-built to work exactly the way you do. With FreshBooks, you'll be able to be more productive and organized while also getting paid quickly. The all-new FreshBooks is not only ridiculously easy to use, it's also packed full of powerful features. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can build your invoices using the What You See is What You Get interface, so you'll see them exactly how your client will. You'll also be able to set up online payments with just a couple of clicks. And this is why FreshBook customers get paid faster than other people. Another nice feature is that you'll be able to see when your client sees an invoice. No more do you have to guess whether or not they've actually seen the invoice and send those awkward emails about whether or not they received it. They've also added an all-new notification system to FreshBooks. You can think of it as your personal assistant, so every time you log in, you'll get an update on what's changed with your business and what needs your attention. All of these new features are coupled with a beautiful redesign, focusing on simplicity and clarity, giving you a bird's-eye view of your business at all times. FreshBooks is focused on the age-old question of, how is my business doing? No more do you have to guess what's owed or what's overdue. It's presented to you clearly and simply. And best of all, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to listeners of this show. Just go to freshbooks.com slash free agents and enter free agents in the how did you hear about us section so they'll know you came from us. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for supporting the free agents and all of Relay FM. What about the listener who uh, who is panicking right now because tax season is here and they haven't uh, set up the separate accounting and they haven't set up the software? And uh, what what kind of advice can you give them at this point? <laughs> Um, I, I usually tell people to triage 16 and put all your effort into making sure 17 is right going forward. So put most of the effort you can into getting the activities separated, get a, get your book set up, things like that. Get it, get yourself right going forward. S the idea being that stop, we, stop the bleeding, right? We, I, we understand that there is a problem and we're going to have, it's going to be a pain in the butt to get 16 done because you didn't do any of this kind of stuff. Fine. But step zero is stop the bleeding. Get this on the right path going forward first. And then, because we, we can triage one year. We cannot triage every single year your tax return. That doesn't, it just doesn't, 
I mean, we yeah. can, there are people that do that, but it, it, you'll never get out from behind that. I, I promise. So, um, that's maybe what I recommend is get those things set up. And then over the course of the next month or two, we just figure out, okay, find some way to plug the numbers in, figure out what you've got for 16, plug it in, hope it's close enough. Know you're going to take a hit and probably pay more tax than you need to. And that's, that is your penalty for not doing the stuff that you should have been doing all along. Um, but knowing that this will be the last time that happens. What about, uh, uh picking a CPA? Um, if someone is out there and they've, they see the light now, um, uh, you know, not all CPAs are created equal. And I think free agents are kind of a special type of client. What should we be looking for? We could do a whole episode just on what is wrong with the accounting industry and CPAs and how they work. Um, I'll, I will spare you and your poor listeners that piece. Yeah, I could do the same thing on the law profession. So <laughs> I think we've done that episode, David. We just didn't record it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I would say is this. You've got a couple of things to look for. First is pricing. Um, I highly encourage people to find CPAs and accountants, and they're out there. Um, they're, they're, they may be a little bit tougher to find, but they are out there that can give you some sort of flat price or a fixed price or say it's going to be this amount of money. Yes, everyone's going to say, well, I don't know until I get into it. Well, that's true, but assuming nothing odd goes on, you shouldn't have to go in having no clue how much this is going to tax. If, if the only thing they're going to bill you is bill you by the hour, I'd probably be avoiding those folks um, because, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't like starting relationships when I have no idea how big the hole is I'm digging for myself. Um, and two, that's a misaligned incentive, right? They're going to tell you that we need to go back and relook at every single transaction you did for the entire year. Why? Because I'm billing you $300 an hour to look at it. So you're, you're gosh darn right I want to go back and spend hours and hours and hours looking at every single thing. And maybe that's not the best use of your resources and the best use of your time working on that stuff. Um, the other thing you want to do is that so, – so, Billing structure and making sure that that's, that's good. Um, they definitely need to have experience with self-employed individuals. Although if you're hiring a CPA, um, at that, if you're hiring a CPA level person, um, they'll all have experience with self-employed folks for the most part if they're running a tax practice. Um, the second piece is a, mit- a match of personalities and desires. There is a lot of subjective things that can go on in a tax return, right? Um, I think about the idea of you have to have reasonable compensation coming out of your S corporation. Okay, well, the only guidance we have is reasonable. What does that mean? Well, your definition of that versus the CPA's definition of that, you want to make sure that you guys are on the same page from an aggressive standpoint. If you want to be really aggressive um, in, in your interpretations of these things to try to save maximum amount of taxes, you want to make sure that your CPA sees it that way as well. Otherwise, you're going to create conflict. If you are very conservative, you want to make sure that you've got a conservative CPA CPA as well, um, because you don't want to get in a fight with them. You want to have similar interests and similar ways of approaching problems um, as you go through and start making these subjective things. And you don't want to get caught off guard. You don't want to think, I want to be really conservative, but my CPA is aggressive. And so he was giving me advice that I was following and I didn't know it was aggressive and I wouldn't have done that had I known that, but he didn't, you know, we never communicated that difference. So um, I think it's important to make sure you've got the uh, ag- level of aggressiveness matched as well. That's good advice. Yeah. And I would also add to that. You want to ask if somebody has experience in your specific industry, whatever it is you do. I always feel like that helps. Would you agree? Not really. Okay. I, 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 um, a lot of people do that. A lot of people say that. Um, I will tell you that, um, debits are always debits and credits are always credits. It doesn't really matter what that industry is. Um, 
I would be more concerned with that they know the modality of your work rather than the, the, the industry you're in, right? So I understand how freelancers work. I understand how those kind of uh, groups work. But um, so, for example, in my business, um, I work with financial knowledge workers. Now, whether that person's doing design work or doing programming or developing an app, for my purposes, they all work the same way. They all have the same similar uh, modes of operating, Um but the intricacies of the app world versus the design world don't really inform upon the accounting and, and, and business side of that information type stuff. Does that make sense? So um, yeah. I would treat the freelance lawyer who's a knowledge worker the same as my freelance designer and, and your product's different. But from, from my back-end perspective, they're almost identical businesses. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm applying the prejudice from the legal side because in legal, it actually makes a lot of sense if the person is familiar with the types of issues you face. Yeah, and in legal, I think that makes a way bigger difference. If you, you need to, you know, you, you don't want someone that, you know, has written a will once to go build your multi-million dollar estate plan because there's, because in that scenario, there's whole separate codes of law. Whereas the Internal Revenue Code, there's, there's just one. It's, it's just the Internal Revenue Code. It's all the same rules for everybody. They all apply. You know what I mean? So we don't have multiple specialties really like, like we do in some places. Well, what I, what I mean is actually like a lot of lawyers can write a contract, but not a lot of lawyers have written contracts for people doing this type of work. And there's different issues. And that's the kind of things that we deal with. There's definitely some of that knowledge and industry-specific stuff um, in accounting for sure, but it typically happens at much higher levels um, and with much larger businesses. Okay, if you, if you need an, if you want to go do transfer pricing between your uh, Singapore subsidiary and your Southern California import company, then you probably need a CPA who has experience in transfer pricing and import export companies. But for free agents that are freelance knowledge workers, that kind of stuff doesn't really apply, right? You're 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 pretty well contained in that one world. So uh, what are, so I just want to break it down for people listening. Uh, what are two or three things you can do today to kind of get your act together with respect to accounting as a free agent? Separate the activity, always number one, and make, make sure you make it easy for yourself to make good decisions about um, th- that I'm putting expenses in the right place on the business card versus personal card and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's step one. Step two is plug those things into some sort of accounting software. And then step three is look at it. Make sure you are looking at this stuff on a regular basis so you know where your business is headed. If you do those three things, um, A, you're probably ahead of 50 to 60% of freelancers out there. (laughs) Um, And B, you're now in control of your business. Um, You are running your business instead of letting it run you. Yeah, I guess the the thing is this stuff is super manageable, uh, in my opinion, by anybody. If you'll just spend a little time, you know, dealing with it. I don't sugarcoat stuff anymore like I used to. And I people are like, oh, well, I don't know. I can't have time, blah, 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 blah. You know, then, then go get a job. Sorry, that, that's, that's just the reality of the situation. If you can't put this minimal amount of time into doing this, you don't belong here. Go back to your W-2 job and <laughs> let someone else deal with it. People don't like it when I say that to them. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> but it's the truth. I think we talked about that on one of our earliest shows that – there is this um, fantasy that if you go out on your own, what you're going to have to do, you're going to be able to focus 100% on the thing that you love to do. And that mm-hmm. there, th- that is just not true. Being out on your own means that you have to supply the support system for your business that used to be supplied by other specialists that your business, you know, your old employer hired to do the job. And if you can't do that, if you just really fancy yourself as a brain in a jar that does nothing but your fantasy work 100% of the time, you can't do it because there will be 
other work that needs to be done unless you unless you uh you know married somebody with an mba who's willing to do all of that for you on the weekend but that is a very specific thing that not everybody has access to like i do so or or frankly if you're willing to offload some of that i mean i think you can be a free agent and recognize that you know i'm not good with the that's true but you still have to make your you know you still have to go to the you have to get a credit card and a and a and a a business uh you know an account bank account for your business and things like that you can't just let it ride and figure it out you you do need to put in some effort but you're right you're right david that that uh if you can't do it you can pay somebody to do it as long as you're making enough money for it to be to to make sense you can absolutely do that and that's actually a great calculation right is would i be better off using this time to make money doing what i'm good at or pay you know and so therefore it's better to just pay somebody to do it for me and we're going to do a show at some point about the various corporate forms and business entity types that's one i can actually talk about but uh, just to add on to andrew's point if you're just getting started, you don't have a corporation or anything, you can always do what they call a fictitious business name. And you can go to the bank. It's, a, I think, online in California. It's about 50 bucks to get it done. Then you go to a bank and you can open an account in the name of, you know, Acme Widget Company, whatever your, your company name is. So it's very easy to have a separate account, even if you don't have a company. So this stuff is manageable. And, and honestly, it's going to take you about three hours to, to, to get those pieces in place. And it's going to save you untold hours later and money. Yeah, my favorite trick is the label maker. Um, so when you have a couple different businesses like I do, I just sat down one day and printed label makers out. And I put business names on every one of my cards and put a little sticker on them. So now when I pull my wallet out, it just it literally says CFO Andrew, personal, uh, Joy's business, Joy's my wife. And yeah. I go, what, which – what am, who am I, what hat am I wearing at this moment? This one. Okay, great. And it, it can be that simple as long as you're, you know, put the time in to get it done. Yeah, it, it's not that difficult. And that's the good news. But uh, that is if, the good it, news. if you're listening out there and, and you haven't done any of this stuff, it sounds like it's not too late for you. Yeah. <laughs> nope. It's, take, it's, it's early in 2017. Get that straightened out. Get yourself signed up with someone that can give you some help and, and get yourself some of these services. And, um, and good luck on April 15th. Yeah. <laughs> CFO Andrew, where can people find you? Uh, I am CFO, uh, CFO Andrew on Twitter and CFOAndrew.com. And, and don't forget, uh, Andrew also has a podcast with my pal Brett Kelly that does a lot of free agency type talk. It's called Orthogonal. And yes. they talk about independent workers there as well. So yep. if you like this stuff, you may like their stuff too. Yeah. And we'll put yeah. links to that in the show notes, which you can get, of course, at relay.fm slash free agents slash 14 and uh, or just look in your podcast app because it, the, the show notes are probably in there, too. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for being on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, David, I guess we'll be back in a fortnight with another episode of Free Agents. Yes, we will. We have more planned for you. Oh, yes. And thanks, Andrew, for coming in. And, and gang, let us know how you're dealing with this in the Facebook group. That's getting very active. And um and we've got a feedback show not far down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always find us on Twitter at Free Agents FM. And I'm Jay Snell and David is Max Barkey. So that's how you find us. And we will see you in a fortnight. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.